You're listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM and we're coming to you live from Hobart, Tasmania, right across Australia. Each weekday at 9am, you can hear what the Bible says about past, current and future events. You can learn how to study the Bible more effectively. You can get to know God and who He is and why we're here and where we're going. You can experience personal encounters with Jesus. I'm your host, Jason Cook, and today we've got Peter Watts in the studio with us. Welcome, Peter. Thank you, Jason. It's lovely to be here. Good morning, listeners. Yes. Well, Peter, I believe you've been travelling a little bit uh, over the weekend. I did. And uh, not to the mainland, but around Tasmania. Well, it is a beautiful state. There's a reason why uh, my wife and I came here three times on holiday before we uh, eventually got the request to come and work here, and which we readily accepted. But yes, we were up um, in Wynyard and Smithton over the weekend. And uh, I know I've been up there not that long ago. I think mm. last year I went up uh, for a little while. Uh, when we went up to Stanley and uh, we walked the nut, and I think you've been up there. Yeah, not we that didn't go this way. trip. We were, no. we were kind of busy actually, and um, it was a fairly busy weekend. But we didn't get to go to Stanley, which was fine. But we had been there recently, about a month ago. Actually, we were in Stanley, so that was nice. But Winyard, Winyard's a great place, and so so Smithton, and and uh, we just like. Uh, being up there near the coast, and it was very pleasant weather. We sort of had twenty twenty one degrees both uh, well both days. We we drove up on Friday and we came back early yesterday morning. We actually left when you at four thirty. No, we got up at four thirty. We left at five thirty in the morning yesterday right. uh, to get back because I had some meetings here in um, Hobart. But we were running a program up there called Countdown Back to the Future, right? And we were looking at um, some of the uh, prophecies in the Bible, and we were looking at. The historical accuracy of the scriptures, as well as some of the biblical predic- predictions, as well. Now, I believe and, uh, that uh, you're up there with Gary Webster, which um, I, I've I haven't caught up with him for a while now. Yeah. But uh, I guess you're fortunate to be able to present oh, with him up there. Yeah, and Gary, of course, is a presenter on Faith FM as yeah. well. And we uh, we had a series of uh, programs with him last year, so uh, it was good to catch up with him. And I believe he's um, going to be in that area. If you're in the Wynyard, um, Wynyard or um, Smithton area, I think Gary is speaking up there uh, for the series of Countdown, uh, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And uh, and this is over the, break, the coming weekends. Yeah, I'll get. I'll during the break. I'll get some more details. Good, awesome. Well, today, Peter, we're continuing on with your series, the Apprenticeship, mm. and uh, that's really about how to be a disciple of Christ. And uh, before we get into it. Um, do you want to just uh, review where we came from last week? I think it was called Faith and Acceptance. Yes. And uh, and where we're going today. Sure. So we've been uh, basically following uh, a little book uh, called Steps to Christ, which we will tell you about how to get hold of that book because it's a great little book on discipleship. And we've been following the chapters in that book. And uh, last week we looked at Faith and Acceptance, which was really about believing God and believing the promises of God and accepting that those promises are true so that when God promises to forgive your sins and you claim that promise and you ask for forgiveness and you're putting your faith and trust in Christ, that you actually believe that he has forgiven you. Mm. I think that many believers, many people who are believers in God, they believe in the Bible uh, and they believe in the concept of forgiveness, I believe there are many people, I've encountered many people, and maybe I've even experienced this myself, where you will ask God for forgiveness for sins that you have committed, 
but there's this nagging doubt as to whether you still have to ask again mm. you know and we and i don't think that, you know god doesn't need us to ask again if we are sincere if we are heartfelt in our desire to ask God for forgiveness we must believe those promises because the promise tells us that if we confess, he will forgive. I think sometimes with people, and, and myself as well, um, we, we can accept that God can, can forgive other people, but sometimes we have trouble accepting that he can forgive me. Yeah, sometimes we believe uh, falsely that I'm the biggest sinner in the world there mm. is, or mm. um, I've stepped outside of God's boundary too far for too long mm. and therefore yes he he's a kind compassionate God I can see that and other people might be and I, I guess it comes down to the idea of maybe somebody else is more worthy of this forgiveness than I mm. and uh, of course we've dealt with that I think uh, in part of this series too is that um, I think the whole point of forgiveness is that we're not worthy mm. if, if, if we were deserving of something from God then it wouldn't be a gift it would be what God owes us or it would be wages that we've earned mm. or you know it would not be a gift and that's the difference and we talked a little bit I think last week about why we find it difficult to accept free gifts mm. especially valuable free gifts and mm. there's no there's no gift more valuable than eternal life I mean mm. it just never ends mm. Absolutely. So uh, if you want to uh, get a book, a copy of this book, Steps to Christ, that we're working through, you can text in the the code word STEPS1, that's STEPS1, the digit number one, with no spaces. Text that into 0488-880-891, that's our Tassie Encounters show number, 0488-880-891. If you text steps number one, no spaces into that number, we'll get a copy of that book out to you as soon as we can. And, of course, uh, write that number down for other reasons as well. We're going to ask you some questions, and we've got another free book offer coming up later in the program. So today, Peter, we are talking about the test. So I don't like tests. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly right. Now, none of us really do. I was reflecting on my driving test and my scuba diving test and a number of other tests. We, we Yes, we usually don't like tests, but it, what a test does it, is it does enable us to determine how much we have retained or learned or, mm. or whatever it may be. This week's uh, episode is actually based on Chapter 7 of the book Steps to Christ, and it's called The Test of Discipleship. So it's not as though we are taking a test, mm. but rather it is though as though... It was really from somebody from an outside perspective can test whether something has or hasn't happened. Yeah, it's sort of like the results, exactly, rather than focusing yeah. on the actual exam. It's the evidence. So <laughs> it's it, the evidence. It, yeah. What we're going to discover in a nutshell. So if people drop out of the program at this moment, hopefully they will get the gist of this this subject. But the test of discipleship, in other words, uh, the idea is that obedience is the test of discipleship. Not not that we are taking or passing a test, but rather the evidence of our lives will uh, give away what has occurred in our lives. And, and sort of Jesus summed this up in a way in Matthew chapter 7, mm. um, in a little passage between uh, Matthew seven sixteen to 20. But at the end of that passage, he, he says, Therefore, by their fruits you will know them. Mm. In other words, the fruit of a person's life 
tells you something about that person. And I've got to take this opportunity to uh, remind people that um, David Maxwell on Thursday's program has been working through a passage of Scripture which talks about the fruit of the Spirit. Yeah. And so if you want to know a lot more detail about the fruit, you can tune into Thursday's programs. Mm. And, you know, we should uh, point out this interestingly in the Bible, there are the gifts of the Spirit, but mm. there are the fruits of the Spirit. Mm. And the fruit of the Spirit is something that should be manifest in every believer's life. So every believer who has the Holy Spirit within them, working out its will within the life of the believer, they should be manifesting those fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, kindness, gentleness, long-suffering, and so forth, um, that you find there in Galatians 5. I think we're going to re reference this in part, uh, are, section yeah. 2. But um, what I wanted to talk about is when, this is when Jesus is saying, by their fruits you will know them. In other words, the way they behave, the way they talk, the way they treat other people, is going to tell you something about who they are and what they have become or what they are currently. Um, and so if, you know, we are manifesting those fruits, then it means that God is at work in our life and we can actually see that. You know, Jesus mentioned that um, the good thing about, about the fact that we can change. Mm. In John 3, John is, uh, so Jesus is in, uh, talking to uh, Nicodemus. And in John 3, he has this conversation with um, a man who is a, a teacher of Israel. He's a mature man. He's been in Israel all of his life. He's a Jew, and he has been teaching about the will of God. And yet Jesus has this, um, the audacity to say to him in John 3, 3, he says, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And I'm sure Nicodemus is thinking as he hears this, well, Yes, I'm sure that there are some people who need to be born again. You know, there are people who need to reform their lives. And uh, he asked this question, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb? Verse 5 of chapter 3, Jesus says, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. And Jesus is talking to this man and saying, this is something you need too. Theoretically, you may know what the Bible says. But do we have this spiritual relationship with God, mm. the Father? Mm. And uh, this, this, there's the, the relationship element of it, and then there's the knowledge element of it, I suppose. And, um, you know, God has given us a Bible of 1,300 pages, so there's knowledge to be got. It certainly you know, is. We're um, not going to dismiss knowledge and say, it's all about the relationship and forget the knowledge, because you're only going to have that relationship if you know whom you're having the relationship mm. with. But the knowledge alone isn't isn't um, sufficient. sufficient because I guess many people can read the Bible from an intellectual and scholarly perspective, yes. but does it actually change who they are? And, and there's this passage in Second Corinthians 5.17 that yes. says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So there's there's this distinct change, I mm. guess, that we're... That we, I actually think that that's good news. Sorry, I'm cutting you off, Jase. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I think that's really good news. You know, in a world, you know, where we're told, oh, people can change, they can change all sorts of things, you know. Well, that's true in the spiritual realm. If that's true in the physical realm and in terms of, you know, people's identity, and we talk about identity politics, and we're not going to get into that today. But the point is, if people can change, well, it it is also true. People can change 
from um, sinfulness to righteousness. People can change their their lives, and 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 obviously through the power of God. And we're going to get yeah. into that in t- part two. I know it says in this uh, in this. Uh, chapter somewhere that um, we can't change of our own accord. It's, That's it, right. It's got to come from the power of God. So, um, we're going to ask you a question: When and how have you experienced the influence of the Holy Spirit in your life? So, we'd love to hear from you. Text us in on zero four eight 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 zero eight nine one. That question: When and how have you experienced the influence of the Holy Spirit in your life? We'd love to hear from you. Zero four double eight double eight zero Eight nine one. This is a new creation by Carly Fletcher. Yeah. 
listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM. And this morning we're speaking with Peter Watts on the topic of, or the title of, The Test, which is talking about how do we know, really, I guess, about uh, whether we are following God or not, whether we are a true disciple or not. Now, uh, before, in our last section, Peter, in the beginning, we talked about what you were doing last weekend uh, up in the northwest of the coast presenting yeah. the countdown, and you said you would sneak away and get some details, which you did in the in the break. I would. Let's uh, share with our listeners, if, if you haven't been to these programs and you would like to go, it's not too late. Next weekend and the following weekends, you can still catch up on these. Yeah, so um, I was just uh, talking to Gary, and of course, Gary's one of our presenters here on Faith FM. He's presenting this Saturday evening um, at uh, Wynyard, and uh, it is uh, Decoding the Da Vinci Code, The Curse of the Forbidden Prophecy, uh, Why So Much Suffering. Um, he's also doing that program. So um, this is... Let me all, yes, all, all of these are uh, presented at um, 2 Station Street, Wynyard. And uh, it's the Wynyard Railway Institute Hall for people who might want to go there. So uh, Saturday night, March 26th at 7pm, that's this coming Saturday, and Sunday night, 7pm, and Monday night, 7pm. So Saturday, Sunday, Monday, this coming weekend, and then Saturday, Sunday, Monday, the following weekend, which is April 2, 3, and 4, 7pm, Saturday, Sunday and Monday night at 2 Station Street, Wynyard. Okay. So don't miss out on that. If you're listening in Tassie, you have the opportunity to catch up with Gary and uh, listen to some very interesting presentations. Um, Now, before the break, we asked you a question. When and how have you experienced the influence of the Holy Spirit in your life? Have a think about that. Let us know. Uh, Text us in on 0488-880-891. We would love to hear from you this morning. Peter, before the break, we were talking about uh, a new creation, that passage in Second Corinthians that talks about becoming a new creation. So mm. how do we know, I guess, if we've been recreated? I guess this is part of the test, isn't it? How do we know? Yeah. So we look, when we talk about the test of disciples, we're talking about the evidence. Okay, mm. so how do we know? And, um, of course, you did mention before the break, and we'll get into this a little bit later too, is it's not something we can change on our own. Mm. Uh, certainly we... We, we, God doesn't do it without our, our uh, permission either. Um, so it's a cooperative thing. Mm. Um, but how do we know? And I think one of the things is, uh, it's said in the book, Steps to Christ on this chapter, it says, what shall, um, by what shall we measure? Who has the heart? Who do we love to talk about? Mm. In other words, what, do, what is your favorite subject? What do you love to talk about? And um, I think that when we uh, feel that, in our minds, in our hearts, that we actually want to talk about God. We want to talk about spiritual things. We want to talk about the Bible with people. Um, not in order just to tell them, but to actually converse with people who know about the Bible and have that conversation between believers. Um, when that is the desire, there's, a, there's a, a passage Jesus mentioned at the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount. He said, Blessed are they that hunger and thirst after righteousness. Mm. Um, in other words, are we hungry for things, for the things of God, uh, for the things that God wants us to be hungry for? You know, I remember when I was um, in the UK, and over there, football is a religion. You know, you might call it soccer in Australia, but. Football is a religion over there and, uh, you know, thousands of people go to the football every weekend. 
And I used to be one of those that did that. I, I used to be at the football every weekend. I was a season ticket holder and uh, very committed. And you didn't actually have to ask me who I supported because you'd know just me walking down the street because I would be because clad, of what you were wearing. clad in all the gear. <laughs> yeah. And um, uh, But, you know, again, if people asked you about it, there would be no hesitancy in talking about that which you had a great deal of love for. And passion, yeah. Exactly. Mm. And I think that that's the thing is, is do we have a desire to want to talk about something that has changed our life effectively? In other words, when mm. the Holy Spirit has worked in our life and we recognize that I'm a sinner but Jesus is a great saviour, and that I have need of him, and that not only do I have that need, but I know that he is fulfilling that need. He's he has died for my sins. He's provided the grace that I need. He's provided the fulfillment, sorry, the forgiveness that I need. And he's also providing me with a perfect record of obedience, which I don't deserve, mm. actually. Uh, we're going to come to that a little bit later. And so I think it's the things that, you know, what's uppermost in your mind? What are your priorities? Um We've talked a, a little bit before about worship, and worship is made up of two words, worth-ship, uh, and that is to say that of, of what is of uh, whatever is of greatest worth to me, that is my God. Okay, uh, the first commandment says, "You shall have no other gods before me." And so, either God is God, or something else in my life that is God. What's the most important thing to me in my life? If it's not God, then it's something else, and that has become. My God, but I think that uh, part of the evidence and part of the test of discipleship is what do we love to talk about? What does our heart really beat for? And uh, we'll see some of the Spirit's fruit manifested in the life. We mentioned this before the break, but I yeah. think it'd be great to read it. And maybe you can read that uh, there, Jason. We've got Galatians well. five twenty-two and 23. So this is the fruit of the Spirit, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. And, of course, uh, we've been covering all of these individual uh, topics uh, with uh, David Maxwell on yeah. Thursday's program. So I guess the question is, um, Peter, you know, sometimes we might see, ah, well, you know, I'm pretty patient or, you know, I'm, I'm long-suffering or I can be kind to people, but I struggle with, say, uh, self-control. Mm -hmm. You know, how, how, do, how would you answer that, you know, if somebody sees, well, I, I want to be loving, yes. but I struggle with this, or I want to yes. be uh, joyful, <laughs> but I struggle with that, or mm -hmm. I want to be patient, but I struggle with that. Yeah. I don't seem to have all of the fruit of the Spirit. Right. You know, tell, tell me something that could help me. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think that, you know, we've mentioned before that we um, have a sinful tendency when we're born. We, we have this tendency towards sin. And then, of course, what we do as people is we, we develop our own taste for a particular type of sin. So um, we, we then cultivate uh, a desire for that particular thing, whatever it is. And that's different for, you know, different people. Some people are addicted to gambling. Some people are addicted to alcohol. Some people are addicted to drugs. Some people are addicted to self-righteousness, right, or religious addictions. Um, so we're, you know, addicted to different things. And it's kind of our default position, right? Mm. So our default position as a sinner is selfishness. And then, of course, as we cultivate these various behaviours through our life, 
that becomes an easy fallback default position. You know, when we feel stressed or lonely or tired or whatever it may be, it, it becomes easy for us to default to our normal behavior or our normal identity. When we encounter the, the fruit of the Spirit uh, or the Holy Spirit, it brings that fruit into our lives. But there may be some aspects of that pr- fruit that uh, we are so in the habit of acting in a particular way that it needs particular attention. Mm. And um, I think that one of the things is you says, you know, how about if we, you know, look at that list and we say, well, maybe I'm not as kind as I should be or whatever. Well, at least you've been, it's been identified. So at that, least that's actually an interesting thing. And, it, and she picks up um, on that in mm, this chapter author. where she says that the more we get closer to God, that uh, the more we actually do start to recognise those things. And, and if we can't recognise anything wrong with us, you know, then maybe we're actually a long way away from God. Yeah. One of, the, um, one of the roles of the Holy Spirit in the book of John, it says the Holy Spirit convicts. Convicts us, yeah, that's right. So therefore, mm. uh, if you're looking at that list of the fruit of the Spirit and saying, okay, I can see God is working in my life in this area, this area, this area, but it doesn't seem to be happening for me here. Mm then what that's happening is it's identifying to you where the issue it's is. It's the conviction. Yeah. The conviction is coming. Mm. And it's it's therefore you can pray about that. You can focus upon that particular uh, element of the fruit of the Spirit mm. and say, Lord, I need help here. Mm. And and, I th- and God is only too willing to hear our prayer and to answer that and to help us in that area. And But I think it's kind of like when we um, have um, created this habitual practice of sinning in a particular area, then that's probably going to... It's like if you walk down a very long lane and God turns you around, it's quite a long way back. You know, uh, it doesn't always mean you're going to escape in that in an instant. You know, we can see that there may be some changes that happen very quickly. And then there are other things that, um, not because God is unwilling or God is unable, but rather because... As a human creature, we have uh, developed this habit to such an effect that it's become almost part of us, and we we have we need God's help mm. on a daily basis to in order to change that behaviour. Mm. We need to go to another break, but uh, that our listener question: When and how have you experienced the influence of the Holy Spirit in your life? Please uh, text us in on zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one. We would love to hear from you. Um, today's book offer is going to be called uh, God's Law and God's Grace. We'll give you a bit more information about that in our next section. Right now, this is Where Christ Is by Braden and Elise. This is from the album A New Song Collective. Sitting at the right hand of God 
to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM. This program is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. So, Peter, before the break, we were talking about, I guess, uh, how how we can uh, be observant of the things in our lives that uh, perhaps still need some more um, sure. change. Yeah. Uh, we, we earlier talked about... The Holy a, Spirit brings those to attention. Yeah, we... we talked earlier about being a new creation and um, there's I guess there's, there needs to be a change in our lives from you know before we knew God to after we knew God well I think yeah I think people would be asking that question well what difference does it make what difference does it make whether God's in your life or not mm. uh, and this is the point that it does make a difference and uh, I think that um, you know just as Jesus was saying okay we can't see God just as you cannot see the wind, but you can see the effects of it. And that was the point that Jesus was making uh, to Nicodemus in chapter 3 of John. Um, so, yeah, there is a change when the Holy Spirit comes into our life and we turn our lives towards Christ. You know, the proud become humble, the drunk become sober. Uh, there, you know, there's no evidence of genuine repentance without reformation. In other words, we've talked in previous episodes about repentance and confession the evidence that that has taken place, there will be reformation that follows just as naturally as the carriages follow a train. Mm. Um, and so I think that's important. And the other thing to, to mention here is it, this is because of a relationship. Mm. You know, First John 4.19 kind of emphasizes this, and I'll, I'll just have you read that out. It says, we love him because he first loved us. This is this is the one of the realizations that the Holy Spirit brings to our minds and to our hearts, is that God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, 
that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Jesus sacrificed himself in order that we could have everlasting life. Mm. His love for us came before our love for him. So, our love for him is a, is, a, is a response to that, and it's because we love him, we allow the Holy Spirit into our lives, and that changes us from the inside out. Could, be, could that be said of the other fruit that we list there as well? You know, mm. um, love is the first one. It says the fruit of the Spirit is love. You yep. know, we love because he loved us. Exactly. And the next one is joy. We have joy because he demonstrated joy in difficult times as well. And then we have peace because he sh- shared with us what it meant to have peace. Yeah. Uh, long-suffering. God is long-suffering with us. He's very patient. Absolutely. These are, well, see, this is it, the fruit of the Spirit. So, in other words, where the Spirit is, these are the characteristics of God, mm. right? Mm. These are the characteristics of God, and the Spirit is the third person of the Godhead. And where the Spirit is, those characteristics will be. And so if the Spirit is in me, he's going to bring out those characteristics in me. It's a bit like uh, if we're a sponge and we absorb (laughs) all of that into us, then we've got some to share with others as well. Exactly, Mm. exactly. So I think that, you know, this has been, you know, this subject really we're talking about uh, the role of uh, law and grace. In fact, our book offer this uh, this week is God's law and God's grace. So we, mm. we're talking about those two aspects. And this conversation about the grace of God and the law of God has been going on for 2,000 years and mm. probably more, mm. right? Um, because it's a pivotal topic. And, and it's very, very easy. I've seen it many times, uh, Jason, and, and not only seen it, but times it's manifested in itself in my, my own life many times where you will either put the weight too much on one side or the other Mm. and i think um so there's you know a couple of areas i think that new believers often make and the first one is is trusting to their own works we we become conscious i've i recognize this in myself when you become conscious that god actually exists and the bible is actually true it's demonstrably true it's been reliably you know historically and archaeologically and prophetically tested and it's proven to be you know accurate and reliable so you god is real the bible is real you become aware okay there's something wrong in the world and there's something wrong with me Mm. and then we recognize that that is sin and we bring that to god and once we are at peace and in harmony with god we've been forgiven we feel free we feel wonderful and then we want to put the world to rights and we we can sometimes believe that my obedience is making the world a better place. And that's probably not untrue, mm. right? But we can start to trust in our own works. Um, and, you know. So it's where we put that focus, isn't it? It's where we put that focus. Yeah. And it's written in this chapter, uh, The Test of Discipleship, in the book Steps to Christ. It says, He who is trying to attain righteousness by keeping the law is an attempting an impossibility. Mm. Only grace can do this. Mm. And so. It's it's really all about uh, the fact that um, obedience is the fruit, grace is the root. Grace is the root and obedience is the fruit, just as we've been talking about the fruit of the Holy Spirit. So, some might so that's go, one error. Some, yeah, some the might go the other way. Some might go the other way where grace covers everything. Exactly. And therefore, I don't need to change. Yes, There's no so, need for me to change because grace covers everything. Yeah, so that's right. God does everything. Grace does everything. 
And I think that this is the second error that many new believers make, is the belief that grace releases men from obedience, as though God does not care whether I obey him or not, Mm. which is kind of interesting because the Bible calls God our Father, and any parent knows, you know, any parent would relate to this, that they, you know, do you want your children to obey you or not? You know, all, all parents want their children to obey them, largely because most parents are asking their children to do things that are going to be good and safe for that child. Mm. And they understand those things, and the child doesn't always understand those things. But um, so we think that it's, it's having those two things in balance, knowing that, yes, God wants me to obey, but my obedience doesn't save me. Grace does. Mm. But then because grace saves me, that doesn't release me from obedience to God. It's not like God doesn't care whether I become a an obedient citizen. Peter, I'm just um, thinking of, uh, I guess, the, the way some people think about this is that, you know, the line in the middle between grace and works is like, you know, a narrow path or something like this. And, and a razor's edge. I sort of uh, struggle with that concept because to me it's a bit like walking on a tightrope right you know it's very easy to fall one way or the other Mm. do you know what i mean whereas for me i like to see this as it's a bit like um perhaps you know we're going on a journey Mm. well we have to fill up the car with with fuel to the full you know and i i feel i feel like we need to fill us with god's grace first we have to understand that Mm. so that we can then go and do yes (laughs) the things and in fact ephesians 2 8 actually says that you know that by grace we are saved through faith and it ends with in verse 10 so that you can do the good things he has planned for you yeah that's right and so i feel like we need to fill ourselves with god's grace so that we can then respond by acts of obedience. I think it's an informed obedience. Mm. So in other words, uh, I think, and sometimes maybe people who've grown up in the faith, in the faith or grown up in church or belief in God, they, be- they, we can, um, you know, as parents, you know, I've been parents. Our parents. Yes. <laughs> we, <laughs> we, haven't been parents. we haven't stopped being parents, no. but our children are grown. Yes. Um, but the point is as parents, we are very keen often to say, okay, this is right and this is wrong and this is how we should behave as, ki- as kids. Mm. And I think that sometimes, either through our fault or just through the lack of, you know, a miscommunication, that it, this is a, it's a list of rules and, and the, the rules have to be obeyed. Mm. Okay. And we don't always see that link between relationship and rules. And so um, I think that it's just important for us to understand that this is motivated. Because we understand what God has done through love and grace for us, we want to obey him out of love. It, it's, uh, yeah, I guess that um, concept that we, when we fully understand what God has done yeah. for us, we want to do. That's right. It comes from a natural desire to do his to will. do his will because we are so appreciative and thankful and understanding of the grace that he's given us this uh, book offer god's law and god's grace it's a little comic book and i believe you've got uh, a copy of this and you've got some of the others in this series as well yes it says uh, this attention grabbing book gives the bible facts on the moral law of god and how his grace works so it's great for any age. It is. But, it is. Uh, it, I actually started out with some of these books um, because they're they're in comic book format, mm-hmm. but they deal with real 
serious biblical topics. Mm. And so I think it's a, a very accessible book. So we're going to give you the code right after the break, but right now this is Yet Not I, But Through Christ in Me. This is exactly what we've been talking about. Not our works, but Christ in me. What gift of grace is Jesus my
Beautiful song, yet not I, but through Christ in me. You're listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM, and we're finishing up our program this morning with Peter Watts. And we're talking about, I guess, the test of discipleship here. Now, before the break, we promised you a code to our book giveaway today. Our free book giveaway is God's Law and God's Grace. And the code for that is STEPS number 6, S-T-E-P-S, and the number 6, no spaces. Please text that in to 0488880891, and we will get that book out to you as soon as possible. Now, Peter, how would you like to finish up? We've got about seven minutes. Uh, how would you like to sort of summarise what we've been talking about today? There's a few points we... Yeah, well, we were just having a little conversation off air, and I think we should share that too. In, in you, I think you'd pulled up... Uh, Ephesians 2, 8 to 10, which is a great little passage um, because we are saved by grace through faith as Christians. uh, We recognize that. We accept that. And uh, maybe you can read that passage yeah. out because there's a little bit at the end that I think is helpful. This is this is really uh, some of my favourite verses in the entire Bible because it to me it, it describes the whole Christian experience that mm. we we uh, yeah for by grace you have been saved through faith and that not of yourselves it is the gift of God not of works lest anyone should boast for we are His workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So God does have good things for us to do. He does want us to do good works, but it comes after that conversion and that saving experience. Because it's possible, I think, to believe, and I think some of us do believe, that the idea is, oh, I've done wrong, I've sinned, I've done wrong, so the answer to my question is to do right. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. so I just need to stop doing wrong. Just have to and try just harder right. to do right. Just try harder to yeah. do right. And I think, uh, you know, you had the illustration about the, the filling up the car with, with, uh, grace. So that's yeah. filling up the car with fuel yeah. in order to go on the journey with God. Mm. And, uh, without if, that, you're like, uh, the if Flintstones. If you don't, you're going to run out. <laughs> you're like the Flintstones. You get exhausted. Yeah. Exactly. The, the, I think the, the, uh, the, the religious life, Without the grace of God is an exhausting thing because you are trying to do good, but your human nature has the tendency to default to do selfish things. Mm. And so you're fighting against that Mm. without supernatural power. Mm. And I think that's exhausting over time. And I think the uh, this is why. Uh, that, that that beautiful passage in Ephesians two eight to ten sets it out in that order, you know. For by grace you have been saved, and but we've been saved in order to be. Uh, so salvation is like uh, God wants to save us in order for us to be an agent for somebody else's salvation. Mm. So in other words, when we are walking with God, filled with His Spirit, walking in His ways, obey, being obedient to God, people see that, and it. it affects them they they respond to that they say okay here's somebody who's following god is that something i should be doing should mm. i be mm. seeking to walk closer mm. with god should i be seeking a connection with god and it makes me think of you know the 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 verse that jesus said if you love me keep my commandments mm. and then one of the last things he says before he leaves this earth is go and make disciples so yeah. to me that if we love god we want to share that with other people yeah. We It'll be to. the most natural thing, just like the football fan. Mm. They have no problem sharing their faith, mm. you know, um, and and as believers filled with the Spirit, neither should we. There's a verse in First John 2, 3, 
which says, um, Now by this we know that we know him if we keep his commandments. Mm. And that's a very interesting line um, because, and he goes on and follows that up. He says, he who says, I know him and does not keep his commandments is a liar and the truth is not in him. Mm. So in other words, he's, he's saying that our lives, we will want to conform to God's pattern. We will want to conform to his will. Once we understand who he is, what he's done for us, what he wants for us, mm. Then and the Holy Spirit is working in our hearts, in our minds, then we are going to want to do his will and we're going to want to walk in his ways. And so this idea that, you know, we know him if we keep his commandments, that that, that um, relationship element is right there. It's about knowing God. Mm. And uh, if we really know him and we understand what God's all about, then we're going to want to walk in his ways too. It's a natural response. Yeah, it? it really is. It really is a natural response. In uh, Psalm 40, verse 8, it says, I delight to do your will, O my God, and your law is within my heart. I think that's the thing. That, that, that word that delight, sums it up really it's nice. beautiful, isn't it? Like, yeah. It's not a burden. Right. Jesus doesn't say, come to me and I'll give you lots of burdens. He says, come to me and I'll give you rest, because it becomes a delight to follow him and to do what he's asked us to do. Most of us uh, work for a living. We have to do work for a living to pay the bills and so forth. But what a joy it is if you can do something for work that you enjoy doing, mm. because then work becomes a delight and it's no longer work, you know. And so I think that, that that's uh, a way perhaps of, of looking at that is that if we're doing something we love, it's it's you know no, no longer seems like work to us mm. and i think that that's uh, it's all about that relationship if it's coming out of that relationship then uh we 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 don't get exhausted in the christian faith it's a natural outpouring of what is within us uh, which is hopefully the holy spirit there's galatians 2:20 which i think you had earlier yes, there jason there. Yep. you read that out for us cuz this is a marvelous verse yes uh, i have been crucified with christ it is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. And here is Paul. Here is somebody who used to persecute Christians. Mm. And now he is he's basically given his entire life over to worshipping, following, becoming a disciple of and and carrying out Christ's will in his life. He's completely committed. And uh, when we're talking about the test, the test of discipleship, what we're saying is here is when we allow God's Spirit into our lives, when God's Spirit is at work in our lives and brings forth that fruit of the Spirit, then our lives will be changed. Our lives will conform to the will of God. We'll want to do his will. We may not always uh, do it completely perfectly. There may be moments where we take our eyes off Christ and we fall like Peter did into the water. Um, but Jesus raises us up again. He doesn't leave us there. And so uh, it's not talking about any particular individual acts. We're talking about the tendency of the life. Mm. But the test of discipleship will be, are we walking in his ways? Mm. Because the Holy Spirit, when in the life, will produce that in ours. Now, that's a, a good point to finish up on because next week we are talking about growing up. Mm. That's our title. And I guess that's... Uh, 
the the concept there is maturing in Christ, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So stay with us next week. Uh, Next uh, Tuesday morning, you can hear us talking about the topic of growing up, which is continuing this discussion with Peter. Where are you going to be uh, speaking next, Peter? Okay, so this Saturday morning at 11am, I will be speaking at Glenorchy Seventh-day Adventist Church uh, on the main street there in Glenorchy. And um, if you uh, want to come along, you're most welcome. We'll be celebrating communion this weekend, and uh, you'll be most welcome to join us. And join Tabitha and Daniel tomorrow on this uh, program, and the title is Reading the Bible as Literature. This is the Blood Medley. Thank you.